from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. Hello everybody and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network, which now has a logo by the way, we gotta show that off next time around. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people who don't always stretch, but when they do, they stretch Armstrong where we talk about all things legends, celebrating our rich EU history, as well as diving into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mace, and I'm joined by my good friend, Freddie C., who just pre-ordered tickets to the Space Jam 2 premiere. What's up, Freddie? Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance to the dance. <laughs> Something like that, right? <laughs> Man, the Quad City DJs did a number of tracks for that soundtrack, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. It is the greatest soundtrack of any animated... And live action basketball Looney Tunes movie of the 90s. Cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a very niche market. Uh, I'd be curious to see what, what else contends in that, in that uh, genre. It is actually just a fantastic soundtrack. <laughs> I listen to it unironically quite often, in fact. Um, also, joining us tonight, we've got our producer, the one who's holding this thing together and now even got us the little jiggly triangles on the right colors this week, which I'm really excited about. What's up, Meg? <laughs> What is up? I, I I was so excited to uh to give you that gift uh this week and uh we did it. We figured it out. Congratulations us and by us I mean me because I did it. <laughs> I, I did the thing. Everybody give Meg a virtual round of applause. Those no, no, uh, no. and Ryan obviously our graphic designer for making them and then we buried them, but it's like the chroma key thing with the green screen. We don't use green screens, but it's all very technical behind the curtain, yep. but the triangles where are they? Right over here? Over They're there? Back. Over They're there? Back. Up there I'm somewhere. <laughs> also joining us, you heard them a moment ago, we've got our guest from the Cosmic Force. We couldn't fit all of the Cosmic Force into Legends Look Back. That'd be a little bit too much. We had all six people last night in uh, the round table over there as we covered the comic. And wow, what a wild ride that was. I woke up with a huge smile on my face. Also a headache because like it was a late night and I had an early morning. But also a big smile on my face. We are joined first and foremost tonight by... Jacob, how are you, Jacob? I'm very... Oh, that's him. Nope. Oh, nope. there we go. <laughs> I am doing well. Thank you for having me. It was a late night. Uh, I had to do like actual work after it, too, so that was a later night for me, but uh, I'm happy to be here. Dang, man. Work after all that? Oh, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had like 100 pages of grad school reading before class this morning, which was woo, rough. You know what else is rough? Not Emma. What's up, Emma? Hey, what's up? What an introduction right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I did not write out your introduction. No worries, Sorry. man. Listen, uh, I'm so happy to be here. Last night was a blast. Tonight, I bet, is going to be even more fun. And also, if you heard the cold open, I'm meeting Jared next week. That's going to be like ton of fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> One I'm step so excited. for Emma taking over Utini, the emperor of Utini. Yes. Yeah, somehow <laughs> Emma has returned. Two legends look back. <laughs> yeah, we got some big plans. Um, I'm I'm hoping to do like a little segment for YouTube. Uh, a little spoiler alert here, Emma. I've written out like a little gag about if Star Wars characters lived in Maine, what oh their names would god, be. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> One of the best oh ones that I'm, and we're gonna do it with like lobster rolls stuffed in our mouths. <laughs> yes. I don't know. We'll see. There's how a great it comes lobster together, roll but... place right by that comic shop I was talking about, man. <laughs> I know. All right, cool. Let's do it. You know who I'm talking, uh, excited to talk about in a main accent is Dash Rinda. Yeah, there you go. So uh, it's going <laughs> to be a good one. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, 
this week we are not going to be doing our patented segments, Thraken Thrift Store or Legends Lookout. There's too much. There's too much to cover with Shadows of the Empire in the glory of uh, 90s excess. Shadows of the Empire has way too much jam-packed into it, both as a story and as an event. And we have done the same in Utini fashion, trying to uh, model ourselves after this Shadows event. We do have a little bit of news about the event, and that is launched on the site this week. We have, I'm going to throw the links up in the chat, two new collections. Meg, would you want to tell people about these new Shadows of the Empire-centric collections? Yeah, we have, as you said, two of them. Don't know why I'm repeating it. There are two new collections. Um, We have a Dash Rendar collection, and we have a print... Oh, my God. I didn't practice saying his name. <gasps> Jared. Two syllables. You don't have to say his name if you don't want to. I mean, I know he's like not the most likable guy. He's really not. No. Um, yeah. We got two of them, and they're great. And, you know, they're edited by me, as as everything on the site is. But you know who wrote them? Jared wrote them, because he's he's great. So I don't Jared, know what I don't know what adjective I was going to use. it over to you. You typed it up. <laughs> I wrote him in a crayon. Is that what you said? <laughs> what? I do perpetually have hundreds of crayons lying around my house at all times, because I've got two little girls. But I did, I did type them on the computer the good old-fashioned way. We also have, out today... Not a written article, but a YouTube video by Nathan himself all about the history of Shadows of the Empire. And I noticed it right before we went live, and I can't wait to watch it as soon as we're done. I got to look an early look at the script. Nathan did an incredible job trying to recap this book based off of only having played the video game as a kid. He just like went off of that and tried to recap the story and did an excellent job, an even better job, talking about it on the YouTube channel. I will plug that right here. So, without further ado, many Bothans died to bring us this podcast. This is the biggest story event in the history of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, in which Han is replaced by a wannabe with shoulder pads, Vader is naked, Lando <laughs> is a bad cook, Chewie gets a new hairdo twice, Shizor one-ups blue milk with green champagne... And boy, are there some pheromones galore. So cheers to the second part of the Shadows of the Empire roundtable. Emma, you did a great job with this last night. I'm going to ask you to uh, keep it going with round two here. Can you hit us up with some of the behind-the-scenes uh, trivia of Shadows of the Empire? Absolutely. So Shadows of the Empire was written in 1996, and the novel was written by Steve Perry. Uh, it takes place in between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, similar to War of the Bounty Hunters going on right now. Um, a little bit of trivia for you guys. The video game, uh, you can get the video game on N64, if you still have one, and PC. Uh, there's also a comic adaptation, which, of course, we talked about last night on the Cosmic Force. And there was... Okay, yes. hold on. Slow down just a little sure. bit. We've actually got images of some of these. Oh, I'm we do. <laughs> so, yes, we do. The video game. I think we've got that one. Uh, is it the oh, one? All right. That's, look at that's that. our banner. Okay. Yeah, there we go. And there it is. There's the box of the... Why does Shizor look so Good. creepy? Good. Well, well, there's a reason he looks so creepy, because he just it's is creepy. so creepy. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. So, I think this is one of the greatest N64 video game boxes ever made. Yes. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I agree, and then and then on top of that, the when you bought the N sixty four, you had that stormtrooper amongst the uh, Nintendo characters, so it was it was really cool to see. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Okay, um, the comic adaptation. I think we've got an image for that too. 
This is, yeah, the image there is uh, the cover for, I can't see what number, probably number one, by Hugh Fleming. Man, that Hugh Fleming art is fantastic, isn't so it? So good. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I, I actually much prefer the the, ex- the the covers to the interiors. I agree with these. you, yeah. <laughs> okay, and I think we've got number four as well. This was your one of our picks last night. Yeah. The cover there with uh, Chewie looking like, what's what's the bounty hunter name that he's impersonating? Snuva. Snuva. <laughs> Snuva Joe, am I right? <laughs> NASCAR okay. We've also got NASCAR Chewie. Good, good. Okay, uh, continue, continue. Let's talk about the merch here, Emma. Yeah, so we've got some action figures here. Up on the screen right now, we've got Prince Shizor. Looks like he's fighting Darth Vader, which uh, did not happen in the book I read. (laughs) (laughs) No, it did not. We have a very jacked-looking Shizor here. I mean, he's ripped. (laughs) Okay, but Shizor is a martial artist in addition to being a creep. All right, he is also a martial artist. Well, and in the book, he he had that machine that would like stimulate his muscles, right? (laughs) So he didn't have to like yeah. work out. I forgot so about cool. that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was so cool. I wish I had one of those. He could be jacked without actually little... doing anything. I went on a little adventure to pick up some of the merch because I couldn't get all the Shadows of the Empire merch. I didn't get all that I wanted. I did get more than I expected. Oh. All right, right there in the sweet spot. I got Shizor. And you got to... I don't collect the figures um, in the card. In, in car- on the card? How do you say that? Carded, I think. I think. On card. Yeah, carded. carded. All right, I don't collect them in the package. However, I kept my Shadows of the Empire figures in their packages first because the package is cool with the purple and the holographic mm. uh, the holographic card here, right? And then there's another reason why I kept Shizor in the package. You want to guess what it is? To keep his pheromones locked in. <laughs> there you go, Freddy. Good job. Yeah, you got to keep the pheromones locked away. That's right. They can't hurt anybody in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to ask you guys. I'm stopping you here for a second, Emma. I want to ask you, out of all the merch ever made for Shadows of the Empire, uh, and we've got action figures, we've got the even the comics and two figures packs. Those actually came with a comic in them. There's one of Boba Fett. There's the one that we just showed off. There's also one of Boba Fett dueling IG-88. That's the oh. other one, which is cool. Yeah. There is uh, the full-size Outrider. Who was it last night on the show who said they Tyler had one? had one. Was... Yeah, Yeah, because he was talking about the cockpit rotating. Yeah, it doesn't match the actual design of the Outrider done by Doug Chang. They actually have it at a local store near me. It's only seventy-five bucks in Ooh. the box. Ooh, but that's not bad. in the box. Now, but, now you're speaking a different language here. <laughs> I I've I've gone twice and have not bought it twice, but it's still there. Who knows? Okay, there's uh, micro machines. Do you ever do you ever do micro machines, Freddie? I, I don't. I think they're. Oh, you did too, Jacob. Yeah. Yeah, I I loved micro machines, especially because they were most of them were die cast, right? So yeah, it was nice and a little hefty, hefty little thing. So they they hurt real bad when you step on them <laughs> with a bare foot. That's for sure. Especially the X wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's got to be sharp. There's a vinyl record as Jacob showed off. Yeah, Jacob's got it. Um, we actually are getting a record store this month in my in my hometown here. So I, that's going to be one of the first things I pick up. Um, they also have, this was released more recently, a limited run special edition cartridge of uh, Shadows of the Empire, which I picked up for an egregious amount of money on eBay, but it's so pretty. Okay, <laughs> there's trading cards, and there's even metal trading cards. Wow. So, <laughs> true 90s fashion, regular trading cards wasn't enough. They also made die-cast trading <laughs> cards, which is insane. All right, so let's go around the horn. What, out of all of that ridiculous amount of merch 
for Shadows of the Empire is your favorite. We didn't even mention the Halloween costumes. Uh, have yet to be confirmed. We haven't seen visual sightings of these yet, but uh, Pablo says they're out there. All right, Freddie, let's start with you. Which of these is your favorite of the merch? I would definitely say the N64 cartridge. Uh, that, that was that that new one, especially by Limited Run, is just so beautiful. It is it is really gorgeous. It's not original to the line, though, right? It's not original no, no. to the the product, so it's like it's got an asterisk, but it is super gorgeous. I love. I'm a sucker for anything with that see through purple aesthetic from the '90s. Yes. Atomic purple is what it's called. Is it really? Yeah. Purple. That's what the that's what the that's, Nintendo called it at least. That's gonna be my band name. Should we get the Atomic Purple Legends Look Back shirts? Kind of see through. <laughs> oh no! Oh my gosh! Is it, okay, Jacob, what's your what's your favorite of the the merch? So okay, uh, a clarification. I don't think the vinyl record itself was uh, like original. I think this was a later reproduction or later printing. I think I, mm. I would guess it came out on CD or cassette or both back you know back in the nineties. Uh, I do love it, but I, I have to say the Outrider just for the reason that I want to try and push you and enable you more to go and buy it from your store. <laughs> if I buy it, I'm going to hang it from my ceiling here in my Star Wars room by fishing line, and it's going to dangle behind me while I do the podcast. That's great. There you go. That's the way to Thankfully, do it. Thankfully, my wife is short, so she probably won't hit her head on it. Okay. Uh, Emma, what's your favorite of the, the lineup? Yeah, I really like those two-pack action figures. Or I don't know, they seem so unique to me. We don't really see anything too much like that today, so I like the aesthetic of those. Those are cool. I love yeah. uh, action figures that come with a comic book. I've got a Wolverine that came with uh, X-Men 38. I'm not totally sure, but it is just absolutely one of my favorite toys I ever bought. Uh, Meg, I'm going to ask you, out of all of the... Out of all of this ridiculous amount of merchandise produced for Shadows of the Empire, do you have a favorite? Oh, all of it. All of it is great. <laughs> great. Excellent. Well, uh, thankfully, we don't have we don't have images of all of those things. Otherwise, we'd be here all night. Uh, there's a little bit more trivia, though, that is a little bit later than the original run of Shadows of the Empire. Emma, I'm going to let you finish the trivia. Continue. Sure. So this next thing, I did not know this. This is really cool. Shadows of the Empire was a rumored title for Episode 7. Wow. Can you imagine the confusion that might have caused? <laughs> yeah. As if the Force Awakens and the Force Unleashed. Oh, right. Like, that hasn't already messed people up enough. They could have had the exact same title, Shadows of the Empire. Exactly. Um, yeah, another one that was rumored was An Ancient Fear. Oh. What do you think? Out of the three, An Ancient Fear, Shadows of the Empire, and The Force Awakens, which was the best I'm title? glad they went with The Force Awakens. It sounds the most Star Warsy, I think, than, than the, the, the one that you mentioned. Yeah. But does it sound Star Warsy because we sat with it now for six years? That could be it. That could, or maybe because it has Force in the title, that could be it too. I don't know. You have a good point there. We're we're just used to it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, another one, a little bit older than the Force Awakens. Yeah. So I didn't know this. Well, I think you mentioned this last night, but I didn't know it before then. Shizor is in the Phantom Menace. That's wild. So he's oh, in the yeah, background what? of something. Is that is that right? Do you know more about this? Yeah. yeah. So Freddy? I think it was the the pod race, right? The yeah. He's in the pegs. he's in the stands. Oh, yeah. They cool. had little pegs in the pod race to look like people, right? Because it was an. I think most of them were like spray painted Q-tips or something like that. Some yeah. you know some old like old school practical effects. But then he just had was like a little tiny action figure like walking up the stairs. Yeah. Oh, it, cool. I'll have to look yeah. out for that yeah. next time I watch that. <laughs> You will is not it see Shizor it. or is it another 
It's definitely Shizor, man. It's definitely I... Shizor. It's got the ponytail and everything. <laughs> I mean, what what other falling like little action figure has ever been produced? Uh, I would probably, I mean, at least back then, I would assume none. But yeah, I mean, and plus, you know, you got to figure Shizor was on, on such a seedy place as Tatooine, right? Mm-hmm. Betting on the pod races. That seems like something he'd do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He he likes to gamble in addition to. Uh, he likes to gamble in addition to, you know, controlling the drugs and slave market of the galaxy. Right, as if that okay, wasn't uh, we've, we've got a fun little correction here from Skuma Joe in the chat. It's actually recently confirmed by Pablo Hidalgo, Shadow of the Empire, not Shadows, is is the uh, was the confirmed title. Okay, so there's one more here, and then we've got a couple more popping up in the chat. Yeah, so there was a sequel slash spinoff comic uh, called uh, Shadows of the Empire Evolution, and we also talked about that a little bit last night on the Cosmic Force, and that followed uh, mainly um, Shizor's sort of bodyguard slash confidant slash right-hand woman, uh, Guri, who is a uh, a droid, but looks suspiciously like a human woman. We've got a couple images, in fact, of, Sh- of Shadow of the Empire Evolutions. Do you want to show these off, Meg? These are eight and nine, I think. In fact, the, this this depiction of... Oh, I forgot about this one. Yeah, there's the ship. There's the Outrider. <laughs> there's the vinyl album. There it is. Okay, we're getting there. And there's Shadow of the Empire Evolution. I love all the unnecessary stars on this cover. Yes, it's very extra. <laughs> it's very extra. Luke looks like he is... Really going through a hard time here. And then the next image is kind of the controversial depiction of Guri. However, I like this image because it like recaps her whole life mm. and all of her memories and everything she wants to forget and, and the things she wants to hold on to. Uh, out of all the images in the comic, this is one of the cooler ones, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I liked how many flashbacks they did with her, sort of going through all of her past memories like and then shading them in a different color that sort of like rusty color to show that that she was um sort of remembering things i really enjoyed that yeah yeah definitely definitely we we talked about it last night if you want more information on this go back and watch that uh, recap on the cosmic force episode 10 so we did this last night we talked about both shadows of the empire and a little bit on shadows of the empire evolutions fun fact caleb it was his favorite star wars comic of all time yep Checks he out. Says, checks out. So Lando was a close second, but I mean, it just barely edged it out. <laughs> now we're going to find out if he watches this episode. <laughs> All right. So remember, everybody, we are now going to be getting into the plot of a 25-year-old book. So I mean, you've had plenty of time to read it. If not, you know, I actually would recommend checking this out, despite its shortcomings and its flaws. Um, if you want a chance to actually read the book, this is your final cutoff. Uh, this is the your last warning. There we go. Um, this is going to be spoiler heavy, spoiler heavy territories. So proceed at your own risk. Here we go. Immediately after Return of the Jedi, the Rebels are on the search for Han Solo, frozen in carbonite, mind you, in the clutches of Boba Fett. Lando hooks Leia up with Dash Rendar, captain of the Outrider, who has a lead on Fett's whereabouts. He leads them to the planet Gaul, where they find Fett but fail to retrieve Han. Back to the drawing board. Their idea? Infiltrate Black Sun, the criminal syndicate led by the Falling Prince Shizor. What could possibly go wrong? Great idea. So, said Prince Shizor is deep in the mires of a dastardly plot reminiscent of Mean Girls, in which he sucks up to the Emperor, attempts to discredit and undermine Vader, 
also sets the rebels up with the trap, you know, the trap with Endor and the second Death Star plans. At this point in the timeline, Vader has set his sights on his son, Luke Skywalker, who he really wants to just be like his good old dad and fall to the dark side already. Shizor picks up on this dynamic and puts a bounty on Luke dead, not alive, like Vader wants him. So where is Luke in all of this? Well, he's in Ben Kenobi's hut, of course, because Legends, building his absolutely rad green lightsaber from Return of the Jedi. The moment he completes it, perfect timing, he's attacked by a gang of Black Sun swoop riders. Nothing quite like a good Star Wars-y swoop chase, especially through Beggar's Canyon. That's how you know it's a Legends book. With Dash Rindar. Dash Rindar, that's right. He saves Luke's t- Jedi tale. What a good Jedi babysitter Dash Rindar is. <laughs> From there, the pair go to retrieve the second Death Star plants and the Bothans, and you know, many Bothans died, right? And now we learn it was uh, Dash Rindar's fault, kind of. He later learns it wasn't really, but the Bothans still died. So F's in the chat for the Bothans. Let's uh, move on to Leia. Leia's plan is to play ball with Black Sun, which leads her to Guri, a high-ranking woman from the Syndicate who just isn't quite right. After some back-and-forth sleuthing and technological ingenuity, she and Chewie discover that Guri isn't human. She's a cyborg, or whatever you would call somebody who's just like a robot covered in human skin. There's a term. Uh, android. Cyborg. Yeah, android's like what they call her in the comics. I can't believe I'm going to ask this, but... What's the difference between an android and a cyborg? It sounds like a setup to a I joke, think but it's cyborg, a genuine question. Cyborg is like someone like augment a human augmented by robotics, and a android is a robot made to look like a human. I think uh, that feels right. Definitely feels right. You know what doesn't feel right? Guri. Something was off with her. They figured it out. The moment they figured it out, she realized her cover is blown. So she just straight up takes Leia to Shizor. Shizor's pretty happy about this, believe it or not. He tries to seduce Leia. It's very problematic. It's interrupted just in the nick of time by the Wook, and Leia knees Shizor in his pheromone-laden crotch. Yikes. Way to go, Leia, and um, good riddance, Shizor. The book's climactic sequence is at Shizor's Coruscant Castle, where Luke, Lando, and Dash sneak in through the sewers to meet up with Leia and Chewie. They throw a thermal detonator down the laundry chute, and it and they get out at the very last second. Except for Dash, who seemingly bites it. More on that yesterday on Shadows of the Empire Evolutions is <laughs> in our coverage on the Cosmic Force. Vader kind of ends up saving them inadvertently by showing up to blast Shizor to bits for messing everything up and for being such a snake. Whew, what a fun book this was. We are going to go around the horn and rate it on a scale from 1 to 10. I want to hear two different ratings. Let's uh, hear both your rating for the book, the novel itself, and then secondly, your rating for the event, action figures and micro machines and all. Let's start with our guests. Uh, we're going to we're gonna go low. I know Emma's probably got the lowest view out of all of us on this. We're going to start low. We're going to work our way up. Let's Let's go Emma first. All right, so I rated the comics uh, really low yesterday. Uh, I'm gonna give the novel much more credit. I enjoyed it a lot more. I enjoyed it a lot more than I did the comics. Um, I'm gonna give the book a six point eight. And I know, I know, I just kind of hyped it up, but um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a great right, score of a six point eight. Uh, it's okay, almost good. Right. Which, like, if you think about it that's, that way. Yes, that, that's exactly how I would describe it in words. Um, and then the event as a whole, uh, I'm going to give it a, a 6.5. Good story, but, okay. you know, 
not really brought for me. down a notch by the comics. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I think what you need, Emma, to bring your score up is to purchase some more merch. That's probably that would help. Hunting. That would help. Yeah. <laughs> cool, Jacob. You're up next. So I will not rate the book as I did not read it, which is it's a great theme. Uh, this two times I've been on the show, I've not been able to read the novel. It's like Meg reached out to us like what two or three weeks ago, and it's like. And I was like, oh, do we have to read the book? She's like, that'd be great. I'm like, oh boy. Uh, so that didn't happen. <laughs> but you read the comic. I did read the like comic. an adaptation of the novel. Uh, and I tried, to play so the, halfway I tried to play the game today. And that was, I, I, I wanted to love it. It was very, it did not age well. We'll go with that. Um, but I think, so the book I will abstain. I think the event, I'm going to give, I'll give it a 7.5 because I'm like a consumerist, awful person who loves spending money on merchandise. And this gave us <laughs> more merchandise than we've had in a long time for Star Wars. I mean, and not just like, you know, toy. It's not just toys or anything like that. It's every like we talked about. It, it's everything. It, you know, if you want something, they have a Shadows of the Empire version of it. So I'm like, I'm gonna give a 7.5 for that. There's even a Shadows of the Empire hat I've been trying to get my hands on. Oh, wow. And those are one of the more, one of the rarer items from the bunch. Last I looked on eBay, they were like uh, over $100. It just says Shadows of the Empire, but I mean, I got to get one. They're pretty cool. It's a nice logo. Um, while we wait on Freddy to refresh his video, I'm going to give my rating. Um, as I have not even considered what my number is going to be, so we're getting it right here on the fly. <laughs> I gave the comic a 6.9. This was better than the comic. It's not great, so we'll give it a full point better at a 7.9. Full, a full 7.9 for me. Um, we'll talk more about why in a minute as an event. I got to give it... Okay, so as an event, it's one of the best Star Wars events ever done right i mean we're getting a couple right now with war of the bounty hunters and and the high republic the high republic of course has potential to out to outrank shadows of the empire but we got to get some got to get some more action figures Wait. we don't have any action figures yet jared we did just get shirts recently you did not that? you did not tell me that the hat was reversible oh my god that makes it way cooler <laughs> It is. It that is like sounds a, extra nineties. It is, yeah, a white N sixty four logo, and then you can literally flip it inside out, and it's uh -huh. a black Shadows of the Empire hat on the other side. Okay, that's pretty yeah. sweet. I can understand why it's a hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm trying to get it, and I'll mow my yard in it and ruin it. Okay, um, so I'm gonna give the event a solid eight point five. This okay. was a very good event. The problem is like they could have adapted the comic better than they did. And honestly, I've been killed by IG-88 so many times that I would have given it a nine if he would have just murdered me one fewer time than he did. Freddie, what's your score? Okay, so the book, I give, a, I give the book a pretty high rating. It, it was more nostalgia to me than anything. I think that's the problem with a lot of my ratings. They tend to come from nostalgia. Uh, granted, I did read this book at the at around 11 years old, and I didn't really understand what was going on. Uh, I read it now, and I'm like, "Woof, <laughs> this is this is uh, almost uh, yeah." We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, this is a an intensely rated book, or it should have been at least. But I, I would give it a I would say like a 7.3, and I give the comics about a 6.9. Uh, I the way my progression started was video games, and then the book, and then I. Uh, read the comics so that was my progression of it all uh, we've got a good a good question here in the chat from andrew he says what was the last comic book 
and video game project. And I'm thinking of Horse Unleashed had all those things. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. Um, Did it have He comics? says loosely Alphabet Squadron. Depending on if we count squadrons, what what'd you guys say? Did did I didn't know that I knew that uh, Force Unleashed had a novel. I didn't know it had comics as well. It does, oh. yeah. Both Force Unleashed one and two did. At one point, they were the only Star Wars comics that I was looking for that were not available on Marvel Unlimited. So okay. I don't know if they're there now or not, but they were back when I was going through the whole event. I did this privately before I joined Utini. I did a whole crossover event with myself of <laughs> reading it all i played the games and uh read the book and did the audiobooks and and watched behind the scenes commentaries and i'm it's so much more fun to do this with the crew okay so that's a great question love that the public commando Jedi comes Order. close just doesn't have the comics and yeah and right the modern battlefronts have novels but no comics right so this is interesting yeah a lot of two hey, out of High three Republic is is yeah. getting close oh my god higher public video game please <laughs> oh I'd play would it. be awesome. Yeah, I mean, the problem is video games take so long to make I now. I mean, th- this Chaz the Empire took time too, but you know, not as much as video games. They take like 5 years now. No DLC, it's insane. right? It's it's <laughs> a it's basically what you get is what you get. That's right. Well, there was DLC for this in a way, Freddy. Yeah, um right. talk to, talk to go ahead and uh, fill everybody in on the relationship between the N64 and the PC game. Well, so so the PC game, if I'm not mistaken, they actually remastered it. Uh I don't know when exactly, but uh, the next year, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know what? Go ahead and talk about it. I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I'm uh, trying to buy this hat. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we'll do more information on this tomorrow. But yeah, it's both on the N64 and PC, which was originally slated as an N64 launch title in '96. Got delayed to holiday season of that year, but did still ship. And I found it just the other day in a, a local retro game store. And oh my goodness, have I died a thousand times? F's in the <laughs> chat for all of my digital dash rendars. But before we get to dash rendar, let's talk about Darth Vader. Let's talk about a familiar character before we get into the originals. Vader is, I mentioned this last night on the Cosmic Force, I've got a working hypothesis about Shadows of the Empire Vader. I want your take on this. Let's start with you, Jacob. Do you feel like Vader had senioritis in this story? Like Vader's checked out of doing his imperial duties? Yeah, I I could see that. Like I feel like he's kind of putting in that bare minimum. Like he he sends, uh, I think you mentioned it was a comic exclusive, like Jix, the character. Like he sends his guy off to handle the things he cares about with Luke. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do the bare minimum uh, with this whole Shizor situation, I you know I'm just kind of he already has his eyes set on college. He's already ready. He's ready to get past Palpatine. He just wants to rule the galaxy with Luke and live his life out how he wants it. So yeah, I totally I totally think it's it's an apt uh, analogy. Yeah, did uh, Emma? You're the closest out of all of us to having just been a senior in high school. Did did you have senioritis? Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. Totally checked out. Like. Because I remember we graduated, like, I don't know, sometime in early June or something like that. And high school was, like, a total joke the last three months. There was, like, nothing to do. We we're all just sitting around. I totally – I remember it clear as day. It was, like, two years ago. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like and, – and I do feel like Vader has, has that senior right. It's, like, he's, he's met with Luke in person and is trying to get him on the dark side and feels like feels like maybe he has a – a good grasp on on him maybe like emotionally and kind of just phoning it in uh 
with all of his other duties and is just focused on this one thing similar to how in high school you're just focused on getting out of high school and vader's focused on just getting luke skywalker and yeah the emperor is able to use that his divided attention to vader's disadvantage mm -hmm. right to leverage shizor to um, you know of course get the death star plans and Shizor is trying to leverage Vader's divided attention against him to get him out so he can step up as the Emperor's right-hand lizard. And, um, of course, in all of this, there were a couple of really cool moments for Vader for me in this. I would say some of my favorite Vader moments in all of Legends. I, I was really surprised. I am a sucker for when Vader flies that tie advanced and shoots down some uh, shoots down some rebels. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about, Freddy? Wasn't this awesome? Yeah, yeah. The, so the the thing I like about Vader in in Legends is he doesn't have. He reminds me of, uh, I guess Murtaugh and was it Die Hard? He just doesn't have time for it. He he's he's too old for this stuff. He's too old to worry about. He doesn't like machinations of of plotting and whatnot. He just has to do it. He doesn't like the Death Star. He thinks technology is just not where 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 the strength of everything should be at, right? He sounds like a boomer. Yeah, he, he's very much like the power, you know, the force is what matters. The force is what's the power. Money, who cares about money? Who cares about all this other garbage? It's about the force. And he doesn't agree with everything that the emperor wants to do. It's just like chores for him. I mean, that even goes back to A New Hope in the the whole Death Star, like, conference room scene. He's, you know, it's like the, the power of this battle station is nothing compared to the force. I'm butchering that quote, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, this is... I mean, it's been Vader since we met him back in 77. That's right. Lethal yeah. weapon, my bad. <laughs> now, one of the one of the fun as lethal weapon. Um, one of the fun things about Vader in this, you know, Emma, you tease this on the Cosmic Force. Uh, of course, we've had a, a running joke that I feel like we've handed off to you guys pretty well now with uh, 100 the Cosmic yeah. Force with Naked Palps, and no. we retired it on this show. Does not exist, no. but you know what does? Naked Vader. No. Vader is naked not once but twice Why? in this book. And now, okay, Meg, don't don't cut off my audio. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Vader, he gets into that meditation egg, right? And it takes off his helmet, and it, you know, I imagine he's got a droid that gives him a sponge bath or something. This confirms that, like, he's not just taking off the helmet; he's taking off the whole suit. The the whole suit. This is oh, yeah. pre Rogue One by decades, right? Nubs we, and all. Not <laughs> nubs and all. No, it doesn't mention the nubs, Vader. Here, I just called you Vader. <laughs> it doesn't mention the nubs, Freddy. You're you're adding the nubs. They're not in the story. I'm just putting it all together, right? I mean, he he is basically. Uh... Just a bunch of nubbins. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so let me ask this. Who wore it better, Vader or Palps? Vader because we didn't see naked Vader, and I'm glad we didn't. So I'm, I'm automatically yeah, going to say Vader. Comic. <laughs> He's not in the comic. Jacob's hesitant to even I, answer. I, I don't know if I could. I, 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 am, I actively <laughs> try and dissuade uh, the, the naked man who shall not be named on our show. And it seems to somehow come up almost every single episode. Like there are somehow. even episodes where we get to the end. It's like we haven't mentioned. Oh wait, here I got it. I got it. I got a reference. Here we go. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, Meg. That's that's Palpatine's Thank power. You. Is he can somehow he just Appreciate returns. You. Well, before we talk about the other naked character in this book, and there is one, we are going to talk about Dash Rindar, everybody's favorite Han Solo wannabe. Maybe there's actually quite a few in Star Wars. Um, now I've called him the poor man's Han Solo. Do you think this is a fair assessment? Is he is he 
just a Han clone, or is there more to the character? I I feel like he is the the eighties slash nineties version of what we would think a macho Rambo kind of character with the same qualities, right? Mercenary, really, who who doesn't have the heart of gold, who you know, maybe there's tinges of, of hope, but it's only because he's it's for, you know, revenge in most cases. Uh, you know, this is a, a pure gray, in my opinion, a purely gray character who just doesn't really care about anything else unless it, there's money behind it, right? Hmm, purely gray? I, I mean, I think he's more redeeming than that. <laughs> I think he's more redeeming than that. I love this quote on page 61, in the paperback at least. It says that he eats thunderstorms for breakfast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dash is the main character in the video game. Uh, as we pointed out last night, he's not really in the comic much. There are other, you know, 80s action heroes that kind of take his place between Big Giz and uh, who's the other one? Jix? Jix, yeah. The comic's original characters, which were unnecessary, but they're there, and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, does Dash live up to the hype of, like, this 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 type of an 80s action figure uh, action figure and like an 80s action hero like a Rambo kind of character does he live up to the hype for you honestly and this could be because I haven't personally played the video game I'm gonna have to say no um, he he felt like a character that was there to help move the plot along for me like if he wasn't there a lot of things wouldn't have happened so it was kind of if he felt like that last puzzle piece that was needed instead of that like super cool action hero that I was waiting to show up uh, at the flip of every page. But, you know, like I said, that definitely, my opinion might be colored if I had played the video game, for sure. Uh, Jacob? Yeah, I, you know, so, the, the like, the one cut scene I made it through in the game before I gave up because it was too hard, <laughs> I, I, I would agree. I think he fits the profile. I think the the one thing that differentiates him from, like, your 80s action movie hero is... I feel like most 80s action movie heroes are at least um, usually kind of the good guy. And I don't know that Dash is the good guy. We're talking about last night where it's like Han Solo and Lando, even though they're in it for the money, they have like the heart of gold at at their core. But that's not that's not Dash. And uh, so I don't think he quite fits the mold, but he's close. You know, he's like the he's the defective toy that came out. The defective toy. What's wrong with him? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it might start with the shoulder pads, but no. <laughs> that that is the problem. His shoulder pads are way too small on this action figure. Oh, okay. And we did talk about this last night. I found out from the 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 behind the scenes interview. I have to plug it in the Discord. Um, that Skuma Joe had sent me. Thanks, Skuma. Um, we actually learned that the reason for the shoulder pads was not a design choice as much as it was to hide his clunky joints in the video game. So. Uh, maybe I should get me some of those. Um, one of the fun things, Meg, we've got a couple images here if we can show. There was a lot of debate behind the scenes on what this character should be like and specifically what his design should look like. There were uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, uh, according to the game designer, in terms of designing Dash Rindar. Um, this early concept art that we're going to show off here is is actually it looks more like uh, Fabio from like 90s romance uh, then, then he does end up look looking like the Dash Rendar that that we've got in the game and the comics. Uh, Meg, do we have this? Yeah, there he is. Look at wow. this amazing depiction of Hello. Dash Rendar. So my name's Dash Rendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is how I picture Prince Iceholder from um, uh, Courtship of Princess Leia. This is my Iceholder, who is also based on Fabio. You know, it's not a coincidence. So which design do you like better? The, the, the crew cut kind of um, Kevin Costner looking um, Dash Rendar or Fabio Dash Rendar, Freddy? I like Fabio Dash Rendar, man. It's uh, I can see where you know uh, it's hard to say. He's so he's so cocky. He, it, there's times where I just roll my eyes at him in the book because it's just like, come on, dude, just stop. <laughs> uh, One of the reasons for this is they said his hair was too much to animate, so they just cut <laughs> it all off. That's hilarious. But it would have been a a bunch of triangles, right? In in N64. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys have an opinion on this? What do you think of uh, what, of the dash that we got versus the dash we could have had? If I could take dash. the outfit of Fabio Dash and put it with Dash's haircut that we got, that would be the dash I would want. The, the Fabio haircut's too much. It's too much for me. <laughs> I'll be con- it's a lot. I'll be a contrarian and say I could. I I mean I appreciate the dash we have but i could i could be persuaded to like the the dash that might have been especially like i th- i feel like he could rock a, like a single like gold earring on one ear yeah. with the, with yeah. it with that like crazy with perm. a chain I, hanging in a yeah. feather <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah definitely the only person i know with a feather earring actually lives in maine so there we go emma there we go that's saying a lot about uh, mainers right there no i'm just kidding dash. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. His name is something like Stomping Bear. It's like he's got this really interesting name. I'll, oh, I'll show wow. you an image sometime. Anyway, yeah, that's going to be a, a good story for the assembly one of these days. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. So the deal with Dash Rindar, of course, behind the scenes is there were so many different ideas about what he should be like. Should he be a little older and rough and jaded? Or should he be more likable and friendly and, of course, what we ended up with was, was kind of like an indecisive and inconsistent depiction of Dash across different properties. This action figure, I mean, he's baby-faced. He's redhead. Uh, I can't tell. I can't see the back of his head very well. I'm pretty sure he's got a mullet, but um, definitely not quite like that Fabio there. The video game, the in the video game, the, the, the PC version, he's actually voiced by the same actor who does Candorous in hmm. KOTOR, hmm. which is cool. And um, ultimately, ultimately, Dash is not necessarily the most memorable character. He's certainly not the most memorable original character from this book. We've got to talk about none other than Mr. Lizard himself, Prince Shizor. He's green-skinned, except for when he's angry. And he's clad in purple, which actually really jives with like the whole theme that we've got here for Legends Look Back. So there's one positive thing about Shizor. Can't say that I never said anything nice. <laughs> Shizor... Um, we do have to talk about the problematic Leia Shizor stuff. We're not going to go into too much detail on it because we did last night pretty well in the Cosmic Force. I do need to ask this, though. I need to ask this. Do you think this is the most problematic Star Wars story ever? I think so. In my Tyler opinion. pulled the punch last night. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say, is this the most problematic Star Wars story? Freddie says yes. I agree. Based on Based yeah. on the Star Wars stories that I've read, absolutely 100% yes. I would rather see a clone, like a a, a vat of ten million. Uh, I'm sorry, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Slimy palps, right? <laughs> then, then see she's or go through this stuff again. Like I, like I read this book. I get it. I wrote a lot of notes about it. I think I might be done with it after this. Oh, the yeah. thing is, 
it, we're, we're going to make some jokes and la- laugh it off, but like we have to in order to relieve the tension because it really is that uncomfortable. It is that awkward. Um, the fact of the matter is this really stirred up some behind-the-scenes debate with uh, the Utini team when we discovered this for in full force for how much there really was. I think sometimes we can can kind of uh, brush it under the rug in nostalgia. It's like, oh, yeah, I read it back in the 90s. I remember it being a little problematic. Uh, but there's other redeeming things. Of course, I, there's some stuff I love in this story. Absolutely love. But this seriously like made me sick when I was reading it. And I'm not a woman. Like This is not my experience. Uh, I'm not the biggest Leia fan there has ever been. I, I'm not as invested as I'm sure some other people were. Uh, reading this, Emma, I thought you did a great job in the Cosmic Force talking about this last night. Uh, this really colored your opinion of, of the book, didn't it? You felt like it was... It really tanked the story overall for you, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. And and part of me feels a little guilty about letting this tank the whole story for me, but it was it was hard not to because it was so disturbing that and I know that this is the nineties, but at the same time, it was so extremely um I would say just forcibly sexual and sort of took away Leia's agency in the situation that to me, I just I don't understand how that could have gotten through any sort of approval process even then, and uh, the fact that it did is disturbing. The that storyline itself was disturbing, um, and and like I said yet uh, last night is is just you know with the whole pheromone thing and taking away Leia's agency was was really the I think the point that sort of struck all of us the most. I think. If he was was just like a scummy guy who hit on her a little bit and then that was it, I think that would have been more acceptable than um, having this extremely uncomfortable situation where Leia had no say. Yeah, that was really well said. Well said. Uh, we've got some great quotes here from some of the team members when we were debating all of this, and I did not ask their permission to read these <laughs> on the show, but here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Um, the fact of the matter is Andrew's making kind of a good point in the chat right now, which is like there are some other horrible things that happen in yeah. Star Wars. And here's the thing. We're not defending them as good things in comparison to what Shizor did. We're saying in our coverage of this book, in our coverage of this book, we got to this. We were shocked mm-hmm. and it was appalling. And we've got to address it in our roundtable. Um, that is specifically Andrew said um, – when we were debating all this, he said, and I thought this was really well said, it's jarring to see this in a Star Wars book, mm-hmm. giving the muted tone legends had when it came to sexual content. And so I think that's the big issue here, is that Star Wars is normally pretty tame with this kind of material. And this was really not on the same kind of leash, was it? No, no, it, it wasn't. I mean, we, you know, there's a lot of negative things that have happened in Star Wars, right? We've got... I mean, Anakin slaughtering a bunch of younglings, uh, slaughtering, you know, a bunch of Tuscans. And, you know, I'm going to play, I, I don't really want to say devil's advocate, but, you know, Prince Shizor is the crime boss of the underworld, right? He is the underworld. And when it comes to the underworld, there is no, there is no moral bounds. You can do anything you want, including using, which, you know, I'm going to say it, it's kind of like a date rape drug you know these pheromones he can basically get these women or anybody i guess anybody to do whatever he wants robots robots maybe right and so you know what what would he have done you know of course it's it's a difference between should they have written about it or you know if this was real life it's probably something he would have done honestly like he's probably even worse 
more you know it's hard to say yeah. it's it's you know as a crime boss in the the underground it seems like it checks out that's a good point yeah in this this is just what we see in the two weeks we spend with Shizor. um what's to say that he hasn't done way worse than this off off camera that's a great point freddie you know andrew had said behind the scenes that uh, you know this really does an effective job in convincing me that this villain is a truly terrible, unlikable character and, and other characters in star Wars that have done similar things. We just had a great point from Javier in the chat who says that, uh, you know, Jabba puts Leia in a metal bikini and that does a great job for us showing us just how horrible Jabba is. Right. So it's like, there's this gratuitous sexual nature on the one hand for us as fans wanting to see unfortunately like this is what we're playing into but on the other side there's this part that like really shows just how villainous these guys are some other good points we made the other night and we'll move on jacob you had said that yeah you'd heard about the story being kind of iffy but you didn't expect it to be this bad uh, does that hold up yeah no i think that that checks out yeah um there are we ha i had the conversation last night that with media and like literature there are arguments to be made whether you should be able to go to any limit to portray a character in fiction to be bad like it's it's a conversation that's come up with like game of thrones a lot in the past and it's it's a tough gray area and i you know everyone's entitled to their own opinion i i just think there are especially for star wars which you know george always said star wars is for kids I think there should be lines, and I don't think this is one we needed to cross. I think it's very easy yeah. to make Shizor be a terrible person without having him uh, attempt to uh, assault someone. So, in that way. Yeah, and I want to say thanks to the chat for being respectful as we handled this very tough issue. Uh, so, with chats popping off, got some really good spirited debate, and uh, I appreciate that we're keeping it respectful. And um, I'm great grateful everybody's diving in on this tough subject. Trev, the other day, behind the scenes, had said, Don't get me wrong, I love the story, but it's definitely a product of its time. I'm not sure that problematic is a strong enough word. So that comes from Trev, who absolutely loves this story and is going to do a full Free the Public behind-the-scenes episode all about all the minutia of Shadows of the Empire, all the stuff we couldn't fit on the Cosmic Force, the Living Force, or Game Nights. <laughs> couldn't fit in Nathan's YouTube video, stuff we couldn't fit in the Dash Rendar Prince Shizor collections, all of the rest of it. It's going to be jam-packed into that um, Star Wars Archives episode from Trev and Jose. And then finally, Meg, um, you had said something pretty good about this book. Do you want to you tell us your opinion on this? I, I, I'm sure I will read it at some point. Um, and then after I, I get the physical book and uh, read it, um, I might burn it, you know? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. The other day, your direct quote was, I'm glad this book is only $6, so I don't have to feel bad about burning it afterwards, <laughs> which is absolutely what needs to be put on the back of the, the re-release. No. And uh, Delray puts it in a part oh, no. of their uh, Legends Essential collection. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make that list. No. Mostly because of this. I think that the book would have been a contender for that if it had not been for this. Mm -hmm. Now, all jokes aside, we're going to let off the pressure a little bit. There are two original characters in this story, very notable, prominent original characters. There are also a couple of, you know, a handful of legacy characters, the old school characters, right? We got Leia and Luke and Vader, not Han, sorry, Han. Boba Fett is in the, the comic more than the book. He's in the video game. Uh, who's the most interesting in this story? Uh, let's limit it between Dash, 
Shizor, Luke, and Leia. Who's got the most interesting... Or, or Vader. You can, we can put Vader in there. Uh, who's got the most interesting story in Shadows of the Empire? I'll start with you, Freddie. Uh, it's a very interesting one because I, I really liked to follow Shizor when it came to a lot of his dealings and, and how much money he had, right? This book did a really good job at how much money the Emperor Vader uh, and Prince Shizor had, which, I mean, he's eating rare fruits that are probably worth like 20,000 20, credits. So it's pretty interesting, but I really liked Luke. I liked following his progression in feeling the Force, and the book did a really great job at describing, you know, these random feelings of like, wait, that, that's a weird feeling. All of a sudden, I kind of feel happy, and it might mean something. And then, you, you know, he sees Leia, so he's attributing that feeling with Leia, thinking, oh, that was the Force making me aware of her presence. So that's what that is, you know? And it, it kind of went into some... some uh, his, you know, building up who he is how, and his strength and how he got his lightsaber uh, and really just trying to get in the moment of what it is to be a Jedi and, and you know, what the Force feels like and what not to do and what to do during certain situations. I think it, I thought it was great. Yeah, definitely. We've got a great point here in the chat from Javier who says, I wish they could rewrite this book to include the Boba Fett plot. That would... Yeah, be like a, a definitive edition, and that would be so cool. I would love that. You could also, in the telling of the story, take out the other thing, you know. So <laughs> that would be that would be really awesome. I would love that. Um, how about you guys? Let's go, Jacob. Jacob, who has the most interesting story in Shadows of the Empire as a character? It's tough. So it's it is tough because you know Shizor is kind of you know muddled by everything that happened. I think it's it's because it's such an interesting idea that this is a part of the galaxy that we really didn't see much of until now. We like you know we saw the rebellion and we saw the empire, but you didn't see the people like on the fringes in 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 the shadows of the empire, the people that are operating you know illegally and gaining on both sides. So I think it's an interesting idea. I wish it was done differently. So I guess the person I will say then is Dash Rindar because he's you know he's still. He's still neutral. He's not a joiner. He said that, but um, he's yeah, also not uh, completely irredeemable in my eyes. So we're gonna go with him. In fact, I would say if you like Dash Rindar, you can check out that Dash Rindar reading collection I, first of all. I, but secondly, I, yeah, I know you said that there's an insider collection or insider story. So now I have that behind me, so I'll have to check that out now. And now that I know that that's there. Yeah, and then there's he gets his own spinoff book too. It came very late in the Legends timeline. It's called Shadow Games. I found that it's one of the most underrated Legends books. Uh, it is excellent. It is a very good book. It is ridiculous. It's Dash Rindar functioning as a like a bodyguard for a basically the Britney Spears of the Star Wars universe, like a pop star, like the Ariana Grande. That's how I pictured her. Was Ariana Grande when I was reading it? Who's like in a illicit relationship with a black son Vigo? And de- it's it's great. It's written by um, Michael Reeves and Laura My- Maya Catherine Bonhoff. They actually did some work with Steve Perry, uh, and so they they do typically pick up Shizor in their stories. He wrote the um, Course Not Night series too. And so Shadow Games is a great story if you want to find the redeemable, likable side of Dash Rendar. Does a great job with that character. Emma, out of the legacy characters and the original characters, who has the most interesting? Um, story character-wise for you in Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, so I'm I'm always tending to lean towards Leia just because I do love her so much. However, I was really drawn to Luke in this book. 
Um, I liked, you know, like Freddie said, just learning about about how his mind works with the force and how the force sort of touches his mind and sort of diving deep into his thoughts. And also just the the stuff that I got most excited for in this book was seeing Luke build his lightsaber and like cooking his little mm-hmm. gem. That was so cool. Like, I can't believe that yeah. you could like cook up a gem and then he carved it to make sure it works right. And all of that is just so interesting to me. And I think it's rare for me to enjoy Luke so much in a story. Um, he tends to sort of uh, be one of, you know, not one of my favorites in a story. But but in, the, in this book, I have to say, like, he ranked pretty high for me. And I was looking forward to his scenes. Yeah, definitely. I I think I would have liked to have gotten more of Dash's story. Definitely agree. Um, now that I'm playing with him in the video game, I'm really enjoying it. You know, he's he, the PC cutscenes. The N64 has like cardboard cutscenes. So You've got uh, <laughs> IG88's eyes move a little bit, but besides that, you know, then they beefed him up, and so I like his story in that. It's pretty cool, um, especially knowing that he's the same voice as the um, same voice as. Candorous, which is cool. We've got a great point here from Javier in the chat uh, chiming in to say that uh, Vader's story is the most interesting for him. In Shadows of the Empire, loves Vader's story. Love how uh, Perry works his mind, his mind telling so little but suggesting so much. And so uh, I, I definitely agree there. Guri is another character we haven't talked about much. Guri's got a really interesting story, especially as that continues into Shadows of the Empire evolutions. We said more about that yesterday now one of the things we brought up yesterday we didn't really get enough time for but hey you know we're gonna spend a little bit more time on it here tonight is what how would you fan cast these two characters we had a couple of good answers last night kevin spacey was uh one somebody said for shizor um somebody else said uh, kevin costner for dash uh, i like to think of chris pratt as my dash rendar um freddie who's your fan cast you love to play the fan casting game who you got for dash and shizor well Dash, I'm gonna go. Uh, Scuba Joe says Brendan Fraser, which that's <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. I would I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, I'm not I, sure I knew who that is. I'll have to Google him. <laughs> I, I liked uh, I liked Keanu Reeves for all my guys, all my all my guys that you are. You can't do Keanu Reeves every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like him a lot, man. But I was also thinking like uh, it'd be cool to see uh, what's his face. I can't remember his name at the moment. Uh, Tyler Durden. Oh, uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. I'd like to see Tyler like that version of of Brad Pitt as Dash. Oh, he's George of the Jungle. That's who Brendan Fraser is. I, I'm sh- I, like, oh. I honestly thought you were joking when Me you too. said you didn't know who he was. <laughs> I did too. That's why I was like, I'm gonna. I'm not sure on this one, so I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, you just swept right by that. No, I mean, I didn't know who he is. Oh, that's funny. He's George of the Jungle. Man, that's gonna go in one of those intros. And for he's in the, the Mummy. Show in a couple he, weeks. He's really a, like a big '90s actor too. Like it really fits in the the aesthetic of the show to know who he is. But I guess I guess you'll have to watch a few movies this weekend. <laughs> Maybe so. I had one for Shizor. Now I've forgotten it. Uh, I'm gonna go to you. While I think of it. Who you got for the fan cast? Did you give one yesterday? Yeah. So Dash uh, yesterday, I said Tom Hiddleston, just in that Loki mood. Um, I think he's got the hair for it, um, and I, I think he could play a good dash. And then for Shizor, I did have an answer for that one, too, and now I'm forgetting. It was the creepy guy, so voice I, of Ultron. You, you actually... St- oh, oh, oh. Uh, James Spader. James Spader, yeah, yeah. Just because he's creepy <laughs> as hell, you know? 
He's so creepy. <laughs> uh, you actually inspired my Shizor pick. I think oh. that I you could have. I think you could have um, Tom Hiddleston as Shizor. Oh. He's that's not that, so yeah. different from Loki. Yeah, you've got a good point there. I I could see it. Yeah, yeah. I actually slimy. I actually like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great, great answers here in the chat. Excellent. Excellent answers. Andrew says Jason Isaacs is Shizor. I could see that. Bradley Cooper is oh, Dash. Cooper. I love one. that. Yeah. That's a good That's one. Great. Yeah. That's great. Uh Andrew says Tom Hardy could be Shizor. Yeah. Tom Hardy's gotta get all the infinity stones of of uh villains and fictional universes. Oh my goodness. I, Have you thought of yours yet, Emma? Uh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really like that Bradley Cooper pick. Um I don't know. I'm having a really hard time with Shizor. you know, as much as my uh um I forgot his name again, you know, voice of Ultron. James Spader. Yeah, James Spader. He could never pull pull that off, like, ever. But I, I really like your Tom Hiddleston pick for, for She's Where. Uh, that's a good call. Freddie's got another one. What you got here, Freddie? Yeah, Freddy? I've got... So I've, I've been thinking about this. I, when I read She's Where, I immediately thought of Zorg from Fifth Element, who uh, I think he's played by Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman does uh, a lot of really good villains. Yeah, so I thought of I thought of Zorg. I'm not sure if you guys remember who he is. He had like the the haircut that was all to the side and basically shaven bald with like a plastic thing on on there. Um, yeah, I just googled I, I, him. I, c- I can totally see that. Very creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's super creepy. I, I see. He's him. even taking a bath in some of these images, which is what Shizor's <laughs> favorite pastime is. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Oh goodness. Well. I love the answers here in the chat. If you've got some in the Legends Look Back Discord channel, feel free to pop those there if you are watching this later or listening on audio. Um, as we move beyond the the characters, we're going to ask a couple of overarching questions before we wrap this sucker up and pass the baton off to game nights tomorrow. Um, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Let's uh, get some definitive takes now that we have had some more time to spend with this story. What's better, the book, the comic, or the game? Freddie. I started off playing the game, but you know the the book, despite despite all the craziness that happened with with Shizor and Leia, it was it was pretty decent and and it it was it was a fun event and I can't believe I read this when I was like eleven or twelve. I can't that that's the part I can't get over. But uh, I would say the video game was was my first touch on it, and then the toys. So I would probably rate it as as the video game, the toys, the book, and then the comics. Right. Are you telling me that you are putting this is your second highest your second favorite thing about Shadows of the Empire was the the story that you created yes in your mind exactly. with the action figures <laughs> as a kid that's a brilliant answer That's it Uh Jacob So I'm going to one up him and say toys number 1 uh ah. just just out of spite and then I'll go I'll go book number two. Having spent like an hour trying to play the game I'm actually then going to go comics and then the video game I'm sure 90s me would have loved it, and if I had it in 64, it'd be a little bit different. But trying to play it on a computer in 2021 is not a fun time. I'll just I'll put it at that. Yeah, and trying to play it on N64 is also really <laughs> tough. I have really struggled with it. Oh man, have I, I got through a couple couple levels very quickly. Uh, I spent most of Saturday getting destroyed on Hoth. Finally <laughs> beat it, though. It's just, it's a little clunky. It's a little clunky. Yeah. All right, Emma. Emma, what's your answer? Yeah, so I'm going to go book number one, um, all the merch number two. That includes the soundtrack. I listened to a little bit of it. It's really good. I, I'm, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I could see 
I could see like reading the book or the comics and just having that on the background and, and being pretty good. Uh, third, I'm going to go video game, even though I haven't played it. I watched a, uh, a playthrough and thought it looked pretty interesting. I think if I played it, I would think of it even higher. And then I think last, uh, I'm going to go comics for sure. Uh, you know, like we said last night, they, they didn't do the best job adapting the book and felt kind of like constrained for time, uh, not super organized. So I, I think as much as I love comics, I'm going to place those last. I, yeah, unfortunately, it just could have been adapted better. Yeah. Um, could have made more, could have been its own its own clear story. Mike had a great point a few minutes ago that uh, he wishes that it could have been just the bounty hunter story. Like, it could have told just a separate story and not try to adapt the book. Um, those, the bounty hunter parts I thought were the absolute best in the yeah. comic. And so it would have been great if the comic was just that. And I agree. So great point there, Mike. Um I'm actually going to throw up here in the Legends Look Back Discord channel because I'm having trouble with links in the um, in the YouTube chat. I've got a, a plug here for the Shadows of the Empire toys. They made a commercial for it that is the most 90s thing <laughs> ever. Oh, and there is a picture of an atomic purple see-through shirt in our Discord channel. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it's on a mannequin. Oh, my gosh. I love y'all. Now, we, had, we talked about what was better, the book, the comic, or the game. Tune in tomorrow for some coverage on the game as Andrew plays that. Um, we talked about the fan casting. Oh, I've got one more here I thought I missed for the fan cast. Uh, David Tennant for mm. uh, for Shizor, who plays like uh, the, the villain in Jessica Jones. Yeah, that's he, a good uh, pick. He, uh, I apparently wrote that down a couple weeks ago. Okay, <laughs> what else we got here? Um, if you didn't know this was a massive multimedia story, if you just randomly picked up this book off the shelf at your local bookstore, which happens, I'm sure. It's got a great cover. If you if you went into this book not knowing it was a massive multimedia story, would it affect your opinion, Freddie? That's a good question. I I feel like that was the whole thing for me, was the whole market, right? I, I remember being, you know, in... in uh, what was it, 94? What was I, like 8, eight 10 years old? I forget. So anyway, it just just imagine it was kind of a dark era for Star Wars. And all of a sudden, you had a video game. You had a Rogue Squadron as well, though, as a video game. Uh, so those were the two that were out. And I, I'm pretty sure they made more either just after that. But, uh, you know, hearing about Star Wars again, seeing that there was a brand new book, seeing that there were comics coming out, not knowing the content. it was It was a pretty great time. But without all of that... It's hard to say. I mean, that's, I feel like, you know, that's, that's where the ratings, the lower ratings come from. And, and those, you know, newer fans who are, who are digging into this, who weren't around during that, that blitz, uh, it, it doesn't really, I'm not sure. It doesn't really sit as well. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Jacob? Yeah, I think it's the legacy of, of this kind of thing is, is something that is more important than the story itself. I believe, I mean, like just the idea of doing something as expansive as video games, comics, action figures, move, like all this, all this put together outside of, you know, a major production movie is pretty crazy. So I think star Wars is for the better for having it, even if it has some less than stellar parts, just with, I don't think this existed now. I don't think we would have more of the bounty hunters or the high Republic today. So I'm happy for that much, at least. 
Oh man, that's great. That's great. I I just saw something that was put. Yeah, in if I'm if if, if I just whiffed on the prompt for that, you know why? So no, we're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. All right, Emma. Um, if you didn't know, if you went into this blind, how would it affect your opinion? Yeah, I think it. I mean, you would probably need to be able to read to read the book, but like, if you went into this not knowing about all the periphery, yeah. how would it affect your opinion? I think it would make my opinion of the book higher, honestly, because I I feel like. Having all of these other side projects affected so many of the other parts. Like, um, maybe maybe the whole story was restricted in some sort of ways by having to do comics and uh, action figures and a video game. And as a book by itself, of course, this goes without saying. Uh, you know, forgetting about the the horrible Shizor Leia stuff. As a book itself, it's pretty good. Like. It it's yeah. it stands on its two feet pretty good, and I could see in the Legends era if I'm going back um, before I was born, and this is a, a book that I pick up, and I want to know what happens between five and six. I'd be very pleased, I think, with this. Uh, besides all the problematic stuff, for sure. Yeah, in fact, Freddie, I'm I'm workshopping this now. I'm a little rusty on some of my old school '90s Bantam era. Legends books, obviously, reread the Thrawn trilogy recently, reread quite a few X-Wing books recently, I Jedi is in there. <laughs> Out of the 90s Legends books, how do you think this stacks up? Is it right behind the Thrawn trilogy and uh, the X-Wing books, or is it is it lower tier than that for you? The Bantam era, right? So, oof, there's a lot of pretty decent books around that time, like, you know, which is Jedi Search, right? You've got Jedi Search as well. Yeah, the Jedi Academy trilogy. Yeah, I don't know. This one's pretty far down for me. Is it? Okay. For me, I think it's right under the X-Wing books. I mean, it's actually got some pretty cool stuff in it. So let's talk about our favorite parts as we close out the show here. Um, Meg, I've actually got an image of my favorite part. It is the the swoop chase. This is some fan art, I think, of a Dash on the swoop bike it, uh, coming to save so the cool. day wow. for... <laughs> For Luke Skywalker, especially with our purple overlay we have. This really looks great. This is pretty cool. Um, it love that. Almost looks like he's As a ponytail that's just flowing behind him, but I know that's the rock. <laughs> it does look like that. Oh, my gosh. If it was Shizor, his ponytail would be flowing. Um, all right. The next image is Emma's favorite part, if you can throw that up. Ah, um, uh, yes. No, I'm sorry. Emma. Okay. No. Uh... This is... Official art, mind you. Uh, this is actually some of the tamer art of this you scene. You jokester, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Emma, what's your favorite yeah. part? <laughs> My favorite part is um, surprisingly has to do with C-3PO and R2-D2. Yes. It's when they were yes. flying uh, the Millennium Falcon. That was great. And it was, um, you know, in the comics, it was made even better by the layout of that page. It struck me because, you know, their their sort of panel was like, cockeyed because they were flying upside down and C-3PO was having a heart attack even though droids can't have a heart attack he was having one and uh, I just found that part to be so hilarious (laughs) yeah that is great I forgot about that Uh, Jacob that's tough Uh, I I really it was kind of small but I really did like the um, Boba Fett it it got a little repetitive but the last Boba Fett fight uh, on Slave One and Houndstooth yeah, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I like I like seeing a lot of those, uh, bounty hunters, even if some of them weren't important enough to have a name. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was kind of in, uh, it was different. I, I enjoyed it. Even I think that was the best, definitely the best of the bounty hunter fights, as many of them as there were. 
Well, you just wait till uh, the video game. I mean, the bounty hunter fight that I'm uh, having a lot of fun with right now is just getting murdered by uh, IG88's purple balls on the trash heap. Yep. Uh, Freddie, what's your favorite part? So my favorite part is it's kind of broad, but it's the fact that that if you read a lot of of you know the the Empire there and and Shizor, they're planning, they're they're conniving. Uh, but every time they come to the rebels, it's just like, ah, we'll just see how this happens, you know, or, or, uh, you know, no one in their right mind would do that. And they clearly do it. Right. So most of the time, it's just like, we don't really know what we're going to do. We don't know what our end goal is, but we're going to figure it out and it's going to work. Trust us. <laughs> we're, yeah. And maybe that's why the Empire just under underestimates them. And so does Black Sun. They just they don't you know they're not really trying to plan and and be conniving like like vader and and shizor are right they're they're just trying to do their thing and and do good and and that's it's pretty basic and whatever it takes to get there right and they have nothing to lose and that's the most dangerous thing is is when you have nothing to lose so i think it, it's not really a certain scene but i think it's just the whole the whole vision of how everything kind of goes down yeah good answer freddie good answer all right i've got your new favorite thing that's going to supplant that, though, is this. In this particular image that um, is is a notable cover of Shadows of the Empire, I want you to tell me who Dash Rendar looks like in this particular image because, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> this is the spitting image of a certain someone at Utini. All right, Meg, the last image of the night. Throw it up here. This is... Uh, I'm trying to remember which issue cover this is. All right. Right there next to Han, there's a man. He has brown hair and a kind of brown beard. Who does this look like to you, Freddy? Huh, it's somebody who also is looking for the money. <laughs> oh, my God. You see this, uh, Emma? Who do you think this looks like to you? Oh, 100%. That looks like one, Dr. Corey Helton. It's like his, it's like his long-lost it? twin brother. That's <laughs> so great, especially because Meg's got it zoomed out a little bit here. It's it's like you just got to squint a little yeah. bit. It's great. What do you think, Jacob? Is this true? No, you made one. Uh, you just threw up in the yeah, slide. Yeah, 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 I did. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it in uh, in Discord after this is over. Uh, it's, I don't know, I... Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty close, <laughs> but I, I guess that's nineties pads. art for you. We need to get we need to get uh, Corey some shoulder pads. Well, <laughs> it's been a ton of fun. Thank you to Emma and Jacob for joining us this week, guys. You've been you've been absolute sports while this episode goes long. Uh, this has been exciting for me, and so I had so much to try to cram in, and we even cut quite a bit of content. All right, so um, hope you appreciate it. Thanks for staying up late with us. Remember, everybody, there will be no show next week. No show next week. Is there going to be something else hitting the audio feed as a bonus instead? Stay tuned. You'll see. And by see, I mean here. Um, the next episode of Legends Look Back proper, we are going to do the Valence character spotlight. And then the next roundtable, Freddie, you've already started it. You want to tell the folks what the next Legends Look Back roundtable is if they want to get a head start on the reading material. Yeah, next roundtable, we're going to go over Shatterpoint by uh, Matthew Stover. So I'm pretty excited to yeah. do that. The release on that uh, in the Essential Legends collection comes out just in a few days on the 15th, I believe. So looking forward to popping that in my earbuds and ignoring my wife's family on vacation. No, 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 no. I got to do both. Got to do both. Well, that does it for this week. Thanks for joining us on Legends Look Back. Thank you for hanging out with us in this big, epic crossover event that will continue tomorrow. 
at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on Utini on Utini's. Uh, it's not Twitch anymore. Come on, help YouTube. me out, Freddie. Uh, YouTube.com slash Utini. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Emma. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I got used to saying it a certain way. And well, that does it for this week. Thanks for our incredible patrons for your amazing support. Thank you specifically to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Sally and Chris Eilerson, and Freddie C. on our Alliance High Command. Thanks for your amazing support. If you want your thoughts read on this show, did we totally miss it with Shadows of the Empire? Don't tell us that, but tell us something else that's great. Email us at legendslookback.utini.com. Send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. You can leave a comment on this episode on YouTube, or hey, you can find us on Twitter at Legends Look Back. Or I'm at Jared Q. Mays. Freddy is... At Wake Up Freddy. Meg. At Meg Dowell. Emma. At Irma Jedi 26. And Jacob. At Jacob Bausch. Excellent. If you're looking to buy some of these great books like Shadows of the Empire, or hey, even if you want to pick up that uh, $100 plus reversible N64 Shadows of the Empire, it's got to be on Amazon. It's probably way overpriced. You can head on over to Utini, click on an Amazon um, link in the profile. You could buy even other stuff, too, if you want to. And, uh, of course, you could even leave us a review through the book profile page as well and let us know what you think about these books. Remember, everybody, keep the Utini fan code. and be a force for positivity in the fandom. See you tomorrow. May the force be with you. This is a Utini Broadcast.